0: It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. And it's a new week of Wired, the Detroit Pistons podcast. Matt Derry with you. We are brought to you by Jeep. Welcome, in, everybody. Hope everybody is safe and enjoying this new week here as we talk some Detroit Pistons basketball. Our guest today. On the podcast, we talked last week about the Basketball is Back show that aired last week on Fox Sports Detroit, giving you an inside look at what the Pistons were going through as they went through their uh, team bubble, their own bubble uh, at the uh, Performance Center in the new practice facility downtown. One of the hosts of that show on Fox Sports Detroit, alongside Grant Long, was my good friend Greg Kelser, the TV analyst on Fox Sports Detroit for many, many years. Of course, played at Michigan State, national champion, and NBA player as well. And uh, Greg joins me now on the show. What's up, Special K? Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Good to hear your voice. How you been?
1: You as well. Thank you. Everyone's fine. I hope the same for you.
0: All good, my friend. Uh, How how much fun did you and Grant have hosting the show and kind of getting back to talking some basketball for an hour last week? It was a lot of fun, wasn't it?
1: It was. It was considering that we did our last game on March 11th, way back uh, last winter in Philadelphia, the night that the season was called off for the time being because of the pandemic. So uh, it felt good, and it was nice to be able to see the uh, Pistons players getting an opportunity to play some basketball. You, you, if you were a team, one of the teams, one of the players that that were not included as part of the NBA NBA bubble in Orlando. You had to feel uh, really odd and weird watching other teams and other players play while you sit for such a long period of time. So it was really nice to to have that opportunity, I'm sure.
0: Take us through the uh, basketball is back setup, how it came about, and uh, how, how much fun did you have doing it?
1: Things, uh, things that go on that folks don't see that are usually part of any production, and and this was no different. In that we uh, we were not able to go in and actually physically in person uh, view the scrimmage. We we were not you know included in the bubble as you would imagine, um, but we were given quite extensive uh, footage of the uh, scrimmages. So Grant, and I, we were able to take those images, take that tape and and study it and and write down notes and ask for specific plays that that we saw from. On our boat shirts on, yeah, and um, and then we went to work. Um, it was a lot of fun, you know. Grant's, a, you know, he's, he's a very good analyst, and the uh, uh, you know the two of us were able to put our heads together and our knowledge together, and, and hopefully provide something that was enjoyable for the viewers to uh, to at least whet their appetites that the Pistons are are trying to progress and and are progressing. And hopefully it won't be too long until we're, able, till we're all able to see it uh, happen again for real.
0: Talking to Greg Kelser here on the podcast. Look at you, Greg, uh, breaking down the film. It's like the old days, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like the old days.
1: I tell you, it really felt good because you you get out of the saddle, you feel like, man, it's been so long. It's you know typical of what you might feel during the off seasons. But then when you get back... In the groove, get back in the mix. It's um, it's funny how quickly you
0: can come together for you. Well, let me let me ask you this: um, You and Grant are sitting down with with Jason, and, and he does a great job um, and, and figuring out what to show and everything else. Was there something obvious that stuck out to you guys right away when you're watching scrimmage film? Of oh, well, we got to do this. Did something pop out at you right away? Well,
1: understanding that the season ended so. Make. And you know his versatility stands out. The fact that he can do so many things. So we looked at that. And then, as far as Luke Luca, Luca, Luca not is concerned, for me, it wasn't so much about him hitting shots. We know that he can hit shots. For me, it was just watching him move out there and and, and watching to see how comfortable he was uh, with you know various. Uh, uh, you know, requirements and impositions sometimes on your on your body, on your joints, on your knees, and all this other stuff. And he looked to be very comfortable and, and didn't look to be favoring anything. And then the other guy was Steve MokaiLuke, who I think could be a, yeah. a really good player and a, yeah. and a good shooter in the league. Uh, I hope he watched the uh, playoffs and, and saw the progress of guys like Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero, um, young players who who have established themselves. I'm looking forward to seeing him bring that to the uh, to the uh, to the court next
0: season. I mean, here's the thing, you know, you guys showed scrimmages. It was it was the regular camera, that kind of 50 yard line camera look that you guys have at the arena, Little Caesars for games. I mean, it, you know, the lights were on. I mean, yes, it's not Greg games by any stretch, but it is you know scrimmages where it's being filmed. And and you could tell guys were giving it you know full on effort and plus they had like you said they hadn't been on the floor since March, then they're told to stay home, not even get the chance to work out during the pandemic and and the quarantine and all that. It looked like there was some intensity out there, and that's that's what you want to see, especially with a group of young young players that are hungry to get better, right?
1: You know, you're absolutely right, Matt. I, I could not imagine having something like this interrupt. Uh, my basketball season or career uh, when I was a younger uh, man and, and, and an active player, it would have just been disastrous. And I feel bad for every athlete that has been, really every person. And we've all been affected in some manner or another. But these athletes, especially the college athletes, uh, the ones whose careers uh, were in their final phases and to have that all just wiped out is is unconscionable, but you know, obviously, it, it no one could no one could avoid it, uh, no one could have predicted it. But I really feel bad for all of them because you put all this work in uh, over a mm-hmm. number of years, uh, and then uh, to 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 have everything so abruptly interrupted and not knowing exactly what the uh, future holds. Not so much for the professional athletes who are already established with their contracts in hand. But you know the ones that are trying to establish themselves and make their names known and, and show what they can do. You know to have that taken away and, and and then put in you put in a place of limbo for so long. Uh, it's just unimaginable. I, I, I would have hated to have had anything like that occur when I was a young player.
0: Greg, tell me about what you saw from Seiku You mentioned it before. He was the first name you just brought up. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, the body. Uh, I could just see it watching the show that he's bulked up since March. I mean, he looks like a totally different guy. He must have hit the weight room. And number two, I love what you and Grant showed with him bringing the ball up on occasion. The game has changed. There isn't the, you know, this is positionless basketball now. It's not the one, the two, not the point guard, the shooting guard. So you you guys showed Seku at one point bringing the ball up. Uh, it looks like he got better
1: like he's gotten better and again last year he showed signs but if you're going to make it in the NBA you got to be consistent with it. It has to be something that's almost every night uh, you can't have a good game here a bad game there, a mediocre game here, another good game and, and on and on and on. It's got to be consistent. Coaches need to know and, and your teammates need to know what to expect on a nightly basis. Now Sekou is a young man who, who, who was still so very very raw who's trying to find his own self uh, at, at this stage of his development. Last year, and, and no one his size should get shots get shots blocked like that. That just should not happen. You should be able to 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 uh, to, to man your area down low, and, and you know, pin people on your on your uh, on your side, and and get the ball up without you know it being uh, deflected or, or knocked out of your hands or, or put back in your face. But that's a learning process. And he has to be able to get there because he is going to spend a lot of time near that basket. He's very good at getting off the three-point line and, and finding spots, openings for passes down low where he'll get layups you know, behind the defense and stuff like that. So he's active. He, uh, he seems to always be around the ball. So he's going to get opportunities.
0: there's any question, the sky's the limit for him being just 19, 20 years of age. What about Svi? You mentioned him before, too, Greg. You guys were showing him pulling up from Steph Curry range. Boy, that will that's a game changer for a young team to have, that marksman. Uh, every team seems to have it now. Guys, you watched the playoffs. You referenced Miami before. Teams passing up layups to kick out for three. Well, that kick out guy, at least on this roster, looks like it's uh, it's Vima Mihailuk, right?
1: Yeah, and it should be. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, he was in the top 12 or 13 in terms of uh, three-point shooting percentage last year in the league. Um, Probably didn't have as many attempts as some of those ahead of him, but uh, I think that'll change. And whenever you see a guy pulling up from as deep as he was in that scrimmage, in those scrimmages, that tells you what a guy feels about himself and and his ability to knock down shots. Uh, You know, if he he didn't have the confidence, he certainly wouldn't be taking some of those shots we saw him take. But uh, I want to see that continue. And, you know, to be as good as he can be, he certainly uh, cannot be dismayed when he misses a few shots. He's got to keep on shooting, keep hoisting. And as long as he's taking you know, shots within his his spectrum, within his range, uh, uh, no one's going to get on him. Uh, no, I'm sure Dwayne Casey and the coaching staff wants him to shoot the basketball, and uh, you know, on a night when he goes over for 5 to start, hey, go over for 5 more. You know, Keep shooting. Don't lose your confidence. Don't lose faith in yourself. The best shooters that the league has ever seen have had those nights when nothing would seem to drop, but hey, they weren't bothered by it. You know, they kept firing. As long as you take quality shots, as long as he's doing the other things out there that can be helpful, like playing defense and and rebounding and and that sort of thing to help this club if he happens to be off and he'll stay on the floor. But I like him. He's young. Uh, what a grab that was!
0: Greg Kelser with me, of course, longtime TV analyst for the Pistons. Works great with George Blahan. All the games on Fox Sports Detroit. Tell me about the you know you guys miked up. Dwayne Casey had some sort of sights and sounds with the coach. You know he's gone from you know coaching. A, a, he had the Raptors when they were kind of on the up and, and 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 on the reload. Then they got really good. He was with the Pistons in the playoffs. Now it's 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 that reload again. What do you think? Uh, Dwayne's mindset is, and, and how good of a fit is this situation for him? Kind of running a younger team, do you think?
1: Well, for me, you only have to go back and look at his uh, last couple of seasons in Toronto. Um, I still, I still look at that as his team. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I, I just do because he seemed to have them on the precipice. Uh, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate that. Uh, that his time his best years in Toronto coincided with, uh, with LeBron in ready, got them confident, put them out there, let them make their mistakes, coach them through it, and all of these guys were critical to um, the success of Toronto eventually becoming a championship team. So I have every faith and confidence that Dwayne can do the same thing, and if you're a young player right now and you're on the Pistons roster, then uh, hey, you're in a good spot because you got a coach who is known for developing his young guys look at christian wood look at this guy last year yeah couldn't have been in a better place right to uh, establish himself and show the talent that he has and now he's going to get a really nice uh reward for it well uh you know give Dwayne casey a lot of credit for that coached him uh disciplined him uh got his mindset in the right direction because, uh, you know, Christian had had some issues at some of his other stops. That's why he bounced around. Um, Things sort of solidified here for him. So uh, with that in mind, I I think Dwayne Casey's, uh, you know, the best coach right now for the current situation with the Pistons.
0: Final question for you. The draft is is now a month away. Um, You mentioned before some of these college kids that have just been waiting uh, for an opportunity to get back on the floor. And, and and obviously they've been through Zoom meetings and everything else, and the, the real thing's going to hit in a month from now. And the Pistons pick seventh. What, what do you anticipate the team doing, and what needs do you see as as, as you're going to watch in a, a month from now?
1: Well, you know, if they're if, if not picking one, two, or even possibly three, it is so hard to predict the direction that a team will go. The Pistons are in pretty much the same position they've been in in the draft, in the lottery, in, uh, in 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 the last eight or nine years, picking seventh, eighth, ninth, and that sort of thing. Uh, you look back on it, who are some of those players they got during that time? Couldn't have predicted it, on the thing. else, I'll have to wait and see. Identifying talent and and putting the right pieces in place. And he did that consistently for a number of years at OKC. And that franchise has had some great picks. I mean, what other franchise? I don't know if there's a franchise in NBA history yeah. that could say they drafted three MVP players. Had them all on the same team at one time. Hall of
0: Famers. <laughs> Hall of Famers,
1: exactly so I'm really uh, anxious to to see where Troy goes with this and what he does, you know, not just this season uh, this draft, but uh, you know, in the years to come and see how quickly the Pistons can get themselves fully uh, reestablished as an NBA power
0: Greg, great to hear your voice thanks for the insight, you did a great job with uh, Grant Long hosting the show tonight, we enjoyed watching it and uh, we'll stay in touch as always
1: sounds good Matt. all
0: the best to you and stay well stay safe. Greg Kelser with us there he is TV analyst from Fox Sports Detroit of the Pistons does a fantastic job and co-hosted the basketball's Back show last week on FSD great to talk to Greg about what the Pistons are doing stay tuned for more updates and certainly episodes as we get ready for the draft coming up soon this has been Wired the Pistons podcast brought to you by Jeep.